Hello and welcome to Just Bleed Radio's preview show. I'm your host, Danger Mouse, and joining me are my regular co-hosts, No Special, a.k.a. Austin, and of course, our hard-working editor, Super Dave Fairtex. Today, we'll be discussing the upcoming UFC event at Madison Square Garden, starring Tom Aspinall and Sergei Pavlovich. Oh, I'm sorry, I meant Yuri Pahachka and Alex Pereira, of course, but as a Brit, that's my main event. We're going to round table our way through the main card from bottom to top. In a moment, I'll throw it open on Diego Lopez versus Pat Sabatini, and we'll see where it goes. But first, I have to say a few words to Lem. Cornish pasty, Danish pastry. Okay, time for the round table roll. Which one of you donks wants to go first? Um, I can go. And uh, first off, I think this is much better outlook on the uh, main and co-main, in my opinion. Uh, considering what we had with Steve Bay and John Jones, I, look, it, I didn't like it when we were told that this was going to be the main event uh, at first uh, with Poton and uh, Jerry Pachaska. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, po- but Alex Pereira literally just got one win in the division against a former champion, granted, you know, I'm thinking to myself, all right, you know what? I could, I could see this fight. I could see it. I don't, I don't like it as the main event, but I, I think I could see it as being I'm, entertaining. I'm thinking to myself that Austin has started from the wrong end of the card and wasn't listening to my intro. I, you know what? You are correct. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> Diego, God, damn it. Pat Sabatini. <laughs> yes. That's quality. Keep that in there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Did I? Yes, I did. God damn it. I don't know what happened. I was literally I was literally looking at the card and I completely forgot. That's my apology. My bad. God damn it. Uh, so, Diego Lopez, Pat Sabatini. I don't know why I didn't like this fight to begin with. Uh, I'll be honest. Diego Lopez had an exciting fight in his first fight, wins his second fight, and now he's fighting a hard-nosed featherweight again. Sabatini's been that guy that's been quiet, has been making a whole lot of noise, but everybody knows who he is. If you're a hardcore, you know, a hard-nosed wrestler is going to take you to the mat and just kind of wail on you until you kind of either get submitted or get finished. And more often than that, he's going to take you to a decision, which is a great counter for somebody like uh, Diego Lopez, who has attacks off of his back and can give you a submission offense that's hard to deal with at all. Pretty much all aspects of the fight. I don't know who to lean on with this one because I'm I want to lean Sabatini, but I already know that Diego Lopez is more than enough offense to deal with him. I think I might still lean Sabatini, but this this is a extremely close fight. I'll say that. Much. Yeah, it's kind of, I did look up the odds before the um, before we started recording, um, and Diego Lopez, Pat Sabatini, it's eleven to ten. Uh, sorry, these are in UK uh, odds. 11 to 10, Diego Lopez, and 10 to 11 uh, on Pat Sabatini. So it's it's literally, you know, it's pretty much even money either way. But I'm a casual on these two anyway. So Dave, anything? <laughs> yeah. I actually don't know a whole lot about these guys. Uh, That's good. I don't I'm, no. I'm leaning towards <laughs> Diego Lopez just because... Um, Judging by their recent losses, uh, Lopez lost to 
Evloev, Mavsvar Evloev, uh, undefeated kid. So that's not like that bad losing to him. And a pet Sabatini just lost to um, that one guy that sucks. Um, Jackson, Damon Jackson. Almir. Right? Oh, no, that was his last. He won that one. Yeah, he lost to Damon Jackson, I think. Yeah, he did. And, yeah. and so uh, just by their strength of schedule and stuff, and uh, I'm leaning towards um, Diego. Yeah. His, hair is, his hair is cool. He's got that Lego hair, Diego Lopez. So. Yeah, he's he's not cool enough to have a wiki page though. I did try and look him up that way. No, yeah. he's a he's a coach. He's a coach, and this is his foyer into being an elite MMA fighter. And um, he's he's done well. And uh, Sabatini is like that guy. You're like, okay, well, he's another hard nosed wrestler who's been in the trenches and is you know, starting to get into it. But, I mean, he's coming off of a loss to Damon Jackson, which I had forgotten about. So that's we not ideal. That, I think. Was it, was it right after that? I think ah. he's got to win after that. Okay, yeah. So that's the thing. It's like these guys, they're in the trenches right now of the division. Although, looking at that Mozart Evloya 5, you can argue that Lopez almost could have taken that fight. I wouldn't, but you know, Dave said it best. If you're his strength of schedule is much better. So who does he coach? Like is he like an MMA coach or some shit or what? Yeah, so he's a jujitsu coach. Uh, I forget the team, but um, uh, if I can get up real quick, I believe team he Lobo started team. as yeah. It's coin flip. He's young. Way. I'll probably see which way the Discord goes on this one, but um... that's probably going to be your closest one. To be honest, yeah. On the UFC's official fight, you got my, my Sabatini is a minus one twenty favorite, plus one hundred on Lopez, but that's not odds checker. So, now ESPN has him as a uh, Lopez at plus fifteen and a minus one thirty five for Sabatini. Okay. So. Oh, a uh, Grasso and Aldana fight out of that gym. Who's Sabatini <clears throat> or Lopez? No, uh, Lopez. Lopez. Mm-hmm. So yeah, should right. be fun to watch. Should be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. It's like the sleeper fight of the night, maybe. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I don't know if it's a sleeper fight. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just about exhausted uh, our. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we did. We did that one. Yeah. So next up, we got Matt Frivola versus Benoit Sandini. Uh, you want to jump in, Dave? Uh, yeah, I think this will be a banger. Uh, I think both of them fight kind of wild, like to throw hands and stuff. Um, I think uh, Saint-Denis might be kind of overrated, and he might kind of suck for a lightweight. Um, it seems like even like his fights that he dominates and he still gets rocked a lot. And uh, I think um, he just had good matchmaking and hometown crowds and shit and uh I think this is his first foray into a real UFC fight. I think he's going to get beat up. Uh, I think Matt's got sharper technique and uh, more power. He did, he did beat one of the Bonfim brothers. Yeah, they, I, I think they're not. It was either too much too soon, or they're just overwhelmed, or maybe they're overrated. Maybe too much too soon. UFC jitters. 
Yeah. The brother curse. If they don't fight on the same card, then they don't uh, do well. They don't win. That's what I got That's... for that one. <laughs> Matt Favola has been looking good, though. Uh, you know, we fucking hammered Drew Dober. Uh, That's true. He's a fun fighter. I never really thought about him as a top lightweight, but uh, he's been putting in good work, and I'm definitely leaning towards him in this one. This will be this will be a banger for sure. I'm I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit more of a fan of uh, Benoit Sandini. He's a French fighter I actually like. Uh, we'll, get, <laughs> we'll get on to Gan later, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and also, Matt Frivola beat Drew Dober, who I I was kind of uh, I know I know for a fact I picked uh, Drew for that fight. So there we go. I have a double reason to uh, pick uh, Benoit Sandini. I think. Hmm. Uh, in all seriousness, I think Benoit Sandini, he's got all the grit and willpower from his military training. And I think the guy's ex-Special Forces or something. He's not. He doesn't have much quit in him. He's tough as, you know, tough as old boots. I mean, he's, he's got the height advantage, a um, couple of inches of reach advantage. So, yeah, I think uh, Benoit Sandini's got enough to uh, get this one done. But I'll pass it over to Austin because he probably knows a hell of a lot more about these fighters than I do. <laughs> well, I mean, first off, um, Matt, the steam roller Favola, fighting at the Cerro Longo fight team. He's on a three fight win streak. Gennaro Valdez, Anamin Azaitar, uh, one of the Azaitar brothers who is, uh, you know, hanging out with that Moroccan king. Whatnot, but neither here nor there. Uh, and then has uh, a win over Judober. All three of those were finishes, knockouts. Um, Benoit Saint Denis has looked extremely wild in his last couple of fights, and uh, I'll grant, yeah, he's uh, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't looked terrible. But if I'm gonna lean any direction in this fight, I'm gonna lean the steamroller because he's got much crisper boxing. Stuck to the game plan, and I, I, I don't foresee Steamroller losing this one if he stays cool, calm, and collected like he has been, sticking to his, uh, you know, his strengths and actually finishing fights as of late. So he's thirty-three. San- if he's going to make a run, San- sorry, just to interrupt you. Sandini is the favorite with the bookies. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the given because he's you know the more well-known fighter at this point, which. But it's not that's not out of the realm, you know. I think it's still a close fight, it's two to one either way, pretty much. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Saint Denis can win if he just gets past the boxing or just the striking of Frivola, which I find hard to believe considering that Saint Denis is the kind of guy that kinda of runs at you head first and then just forgets what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I Saint Denis got a good win streak himself, but not nearly um the same kind of uh, uh, control that I've seen for Vola as of late. I mean, yes, he did lose to, you know, Terrence McKinney in his last loss. Uh, did a uh, team roller. Uh, I, I, it was a quick knockout. He bounced back pretty quickly after that. I'm thinking team roller for the knockout. I'm going to say for sure. Yes. Yeah. That brings <laughs> up one thing I would like to point about these two, like, I think they're actually kind of similarly talented uh, with uh, Matt Provola maybe being a little bit more powerful and a little bit more sharper. 
but I think that Matt is way more defensively sound as a fighter, or as he has been, or he has been as late. And so I yes. think that uh, with a uh, even if they were like similarly skilled, I think with their kind of wild fighting style, uh, the more defensively sound fighter will probably get it done. And I think he's way more defensively sound. That's something I'll be going back to tonight. So, anything else to add on this one? Mm, not that I can think of. Because <laughs> zip through that fight in like five minutes flat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, then I guess we go on to the next one, which is the women's MMA bout, I believe. Yep, Jessica yep. versus Mackenzie Dern. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Don't all rush in. I, <laughs> I, well, today, I, I'll go on this one. I hate this one mainly because it's Jessica Andrade. What is it on a three fight losing streak now? Yeah, yeah, three yeah. fight losing streak. I and we're just feeding her to Mackenzie Dern, who is not a striker, but I guess it proves that you don't have to be a striker in order to beat Jessica Andrade, right? So yeah, if I'm thinking about this fight, I mean. The favorite should be Mackenzie Dern. However, I'm going to lean Jessica Andrade because I think she's going to come in with a, a little bit more of a more relaxed game plan, I'm hoping. Then again, I'm putting a lot of stock into this fighter that has kind of never really had game plans, has kind of just chucked them hands at people and hope that they go down. Two of the last three and, losses. Two of the last three losses are submission losses as well. If that hurts. Anything. Yeah. I mean, she's only failed once at trying to knock somebody out, and well, I'm sorry, no, well, she's failed a few times trying to knock somebody out, and has been knocked down in the process. In this case, I feel like if she tries to go after Mackenzie Dern and doesn't stop the takedown, I, there's going to be some real questions as to what the hell is going on um, with her fight camp who's in her corner. I know that she had some personal problems uh, where her, was it her fiance that would basically took her money or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think bad manager I, too. Yeah. I, I just don't like this fight for, you know, Jessica Andrade, but at the same time, look, it's a big name. Mackenzie Dern, as far as the division concerned, that's, as good as you can get outside of the championship or top contendership. Um, Mackenzie's not even coming off of a win streak. She has just one win over Angela Hill. And even then it was like, she just kind of steamrolled Angela Hill and she had lost to Yanjan before that in a competitive fight. I, they're trying to give her an easy win. I think I'm, they think Andrade is on her way out, even though Andrade is not that old. Old is she? I, um, so she's thirty-two. Yeah, not old at all. No, Mackenzie Dern is thirty, so it's like they're trying to cash in on Mackenzie Dern at the you know sacrifice of Andrade, which I think is a terrible concept to try to do. Like they're trying to give Madern another ranked opponent that's going to get her farther up the ladder and try to get her on another run to the title. And I think this is probably the worst matchup you could have asked for because now Andrade is going to come in there and uh, either upset the apple cart or 
she's probably going to do something ridiculously, you know, insane that we think, why did we match up these two to begin with? <laughs> At least that's my look on the fight. I don't know. I think it's a setup fight for Dern. Um, you know, you have to keep in mind this is a uh, mythical fighter divorce Dern. Um, and also, I don't like, know I, about that. You don't you don't know about divorce Dern mythical fighter? Yeah, but like that only happened because like she had tried it. It was already happening with the Yang Jianam fight, and she only happened to get an opponent that couldn't stop a takedown. <laughs> well, anyway, I th- I think Andrade is on her way out. Not because of her age, but because of all the other issues and her head's not in the right space. I mean, like, she's just taking fight after fight and dropping L after L because she needed the money or something. And taking another fight so soon after her most recent loss, it seems that that's the case again. Um, How long ago did she fight? Do you know? She fought in... um, I think it was like a month and a half ago. Really? No, she fought August... uh, August 6th. Oh, okay. There you go. I think she had a fight book before then, but it was canceled. Yes. Uh, Oh, yeah, she's had three fights this year. Yeah, so I think she's kind of on her way out. Um, I mean, she's just going for the paychecks, and she's dropping losses, and she's not even really being that competitive. She doesn't bring the same threats that she used to anymore. Like, she used to bring, like, a terrifying power in her hands and, like, good uh, defensive wrestling, and all that's gone, and uh, I think Mackenzie Dern. I mean, she's looking really physical now and strong. She she can be dangerous striking, even though her skills are not great. I think she's getting better at uh, wrestling to like actually get to the fight to the ground. And uh, I expect a submission or like a dominant thirty twenty six for Mackenzie Dern. Yeah, I could Surprise, it. Surprisingly, for uh, women's MMA, they both got a fair few first round finishes. Yeah. Well, well yeah, Andrade Andrade just said, that power. I think she still does. She just she hasn't been able to do anything with it because, A, she, uh, she did the thing against the Anjanan you're not supposed to do is, you know, chase somebody with, you know, leaping hooks and then leave your chin open. John John countered with a like a quick like a quick counter and put her lights out. It's the worst yeah. thing you could have done to an actual striker. And then she gets handled in the next two fights. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> and it's because again she struggled in the grappling department. Like she used to be a decent grappler. I remember her handling Claudia Gadeheda. Like just manhandling her. Nah, that's not the case, I guess. But then again, it could be that thing where she's, like Dave said, she needs the money. She does probably have, does not have a fight camp. She's just showing up. Maybe if she's just training at some random gym that's not asking her to pay a whole lot. She's obviously doesn't have the best, uh, you know, people in her corner to begin with. Otherwise, they would be telling her not to take this fight. There's a lot that's going into this, and yet yeah, the. I'm I'm hoping for the Andrade that showed up against Rose Namajunas the first time. You know, power, horsepower and you know just straight up like you're not you're not Andra- giving a shit. You're an Andrade fan then? No, no. I mean, I like the concept of what she used to do, but like Dave said, it it hasn't been there. Even I'm, the Andrade, I'm, just, I'm like. 
I'm even the Andrade that showed up in the second Rose fight, like she lost at first, but like she showed improved head movement and she was like swinging yeah. and banging and putting it on Rose late in the fight. Like she still was had some serious uh, threats. So yeah, that was the but, closest that you could get to like a a perfect Andrade. Like she came in and actually tried, and she was showing off all the uh, signs that you would want from a good fighter. You know. The head movement was a little exaggerated, but still, like she's going in, she's she's not over committing on strikes. She's landing hard. She's keeping pace, and she's staying in. You know, she was staying in Rose's face, and then she made the move up to one twenty five, and nobody could figure out if she was a you know a strawweight or a flyweight. Then she loses the title uh, after winning against um, uh, God, what was her name? Uh. I forget, but she had she had beaten a contender and then gotten the title shot, got submitted right off the bat in that fight against um, Valentina, and then you know takes one more flyweight fight and then comes back the down Lemos to strawweight. Fight where she like got her in the standing submission, that one. No, 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 no. She had fought somebody at one fifth, the one twenty five. Um, forget who it was at this moment, but she lands like a body shot and ends it. Then she fights Valentina for the oh, title. Oh, Kagan, Simmons. bond fighter. Thank Caitlin's you. Yes. yes, yes. I don't know why I forgot her name, but yeah, there was a whole. She was jumping weight classes because she wanted, she wanted just another fight, another title opportunity. Now it seems that that may have just been the worst possible outcome, because now she has no. No, what Austin? No consistency. Oh, it's okay. I thought we lost you there for a moment. Oh, yeah, I think I'm going to have to uh, edge towards um, Mackenzie Dern on this one. Uh, those three, you know, two losses by submission recently with Andrade, uh, plus a lot of what you guys have said, um, money troubles, relationship troubles, weight on mind, all that stuff. So I think I, I think my pick will end up being Mackenzie Dern. Yeah, I mean, Dern went through a divorce, hey. but... Well, what like uh, Andrade just it it felt like she was just being kind of hung out to dry, and the UFC is also adding to it. Like, there's a lot going against Andrade. That's why I'm kind of rooting for her at this point. What are you picking her? Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to. I said it here, so therefore I must commit. I'm gonna have to commit. (laughs) Shall we then move on to uh, the UK heavyweight? uh... So you know, main event, sorry. Uh, Sergey Pavlovich, <laughs> Sergey Pavlovich, the number two heavyweight versus Tom Aspinall, number four heavyweight. I, f- I feel like you've been. Again. I mean, I feel like you've been waiting for this one. So why don't you take us into it? <laughs> uh, this one's a, uh, obviously I'm really, really looking forward to this one. Um, big fan of Tom Aspinall. Not, I mean, I like his fighting. He seems like a genuinely nice guy. Um, he moves so well in the cage. Um, you know, he moves like a welterweight pretty much. He's super fast. I heard something, I can't remember what show it was on, um, but his father was saying, or one of his coaches was saying, you know, he out-endurances some of the welterweights and he's faster than some of the welterweights. So he's, he really is that new breed of heavyweight and much of the silver gam mode. But uh, Tom has 
absolutely fantastic jiu-jitsu um, because his father was, I believe, the first black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu in the UK. And Tom's been training with him since he was six years old. Um, I don't know much about Tom's wrestling experience, but I know he, at the moment he's got a gym packed with heavyweights because uh, it's probably the best heavyweight gym maybe in the world. I don't, I don't know where anyone else has got that, the number of uh, heavyweights. The quality ones as well, I think a lot of Bellator fighters are in there. Uh, I presume cage warriors, that kind of stuff. Uh, so Tom, yeah, moves so well. Um, striking, I think it's probably, I don't know if it's his weakest one, because he, he, he looked so good in his last fight. He moved so well. It's it's hard to you know he moved like Muhammad Ali and it's that kind of ridiculous speed, um, and obviously he does have the wrestling to back to back things up. We've seen we've seen it. Uh, Volk, Volkov um, had him down and was it a straight arm bar or something? Um, he got him and yeah got him in yeah and tapped him in very little time. Uh, also, Tom uh, fastest finishing fighter in the UFC. Um, he, I heard something with him talking earlier on. So, okay, his first five fights lasted less than fifteen minutes. Uh, that's that's pretty crazy. Um, that's a good stat. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's just just absolutely crazy. I think I, I can't remember what his, his, his finishing time. I think it's just over two minutes or something. His average finish time for a fight, which is crazy. So. Uh, yeah. Also, very very short notice for Tom. That's the that's the kind of thing I wish wished hadn't happened. He only had uh, two and a half weeks notice, which is the same amount that Michael Bisbing uh, had for his Luke Luke Rockhold fight. So I'll be hoping for a repeat of that performance. Um, so yeah, and then Sergey Pavlovich, just obviously an absolute monster, um, hands of death as I've constantly uh, said. Um, I think he's twelve and twelve and one. I think on his record, he's he, he's one loss coming against uh, Overeem, which did involve a lot of grappling. Which hopefully Tom might. Uh, as, uh, uh, jumping back to Tom again, I think I can see Tom maybe doing a little bit of dancing, but um, eventually just wanting to get in and take Pavlovich down. And I know Pavlovich can wrestle, um, but I think Tom's probably better on the ground than he is. Uh, but yeah, but again. Pavlovich, absolute monster. Um, I think he's got six KOs in something in his last fights or something stupid like that. Uh, it's six KOs uh, in the first round. Yeah. Um, Thank you. And uh, and he had a in he's like six and one in the UFC currently. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, uh, so Pavlovich, I think he's got the third fastest uh, fight time ever in the uh, UFC. So another mm -hmm. obviously absolute killer there. Um, I'm kind of meandering a little bit now. Um, so I'll just do a squat on my picks. Obviously, I'm going for Tom Aspinall on this one. I think he's got he's got all the tools to do it. Um, I know it's short notice, but I think Tom's very good at standing up to the big occasion. And he's actually favourite with the bookies, which kind of surprised me. He might just be getting a lot of UK support, but he's slightly edging out to... Pavlovich, obviously another super close fight, and it being heavyweight, it could go either way. You know, one one slight mistake clipped by either either of these guys, and you're looking at the stars, wondering where the hell you are. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's be honest; either of them goes down, they're not going to get much chance to get back up. 
Uh, no. Either, either one of them is going to be laid on top of the other one or they're getting their head pounded into the canvas. Um, so, yeah, um, really, really looking forward to it. Can't wait. Um, shame it's going to be starting at about four or five o'clock in the morning for me. But I will, <laughs> I, I will be. I have dodged a few cards recently, but I will be up. Or well, I'll certainly be trying to stay up for this one because I don't want to have the results spoiled for me uh, on social media. Uh, yeah. And with that, I'll just let one of you guys uh, jump in. Austin. Uh, well, I led with the last one. Do you want this one? Uh, yeah, I'll go. Um, you know, I think this is an interesting fight. I think this is actually a good stylistic matchup for Tom. Uh, I know Sergey is 18 and one, but I got this sneaking suspicion. He kind of like really sucks and he's not very, (laughs) like, he's not good. But he's got fast hands, and he's got accurate hands, and he's got a chin. He's also got an 84-inch reach, which Aspinall does not have, I'm afraid. Uh, yeah. What's his reach? Aspinall. 78. I was going to say, he's a, he's a, bit, oh, Jesus. a bit T-Rexy for a, he- for a heavyweight. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so, but, uh, like, he is, he, like, most... All his KOs in the UFC have been against fighters that like were not defensively sound at all, and they totally gave him the opportunity to take him out. And he swings wild and he runs in with his chin up, just like throwing strikes. And like someone that's defensively sound that could avoid that or like a good counter is going to catch him. And uh, Tom's striking is actually pretty darn good. He's certainly more defensively sound than uh, any fighter that I've seen Sergey fight recently. I, I might uh, have been you know, I might have been cruel to Tom there. I don't know. Uh, I, th- I, I thought he kept his chin up a little bit, but thinking about it, he has been training with Fury recently. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he jumps back really good when he's kind of hopping around his feet. He like jumps back, or he he uh, throws a jab and he like leans back out of range of the counter. It's really good. Like he just seems more defensively aware at all times than like Sergey's other opponents. Like they'll get crazy and wild, and they'll like you know, not be defending at all. And Tom seems uh, aware of those scenarios. So uh, I think that's going to be a big problem for Sergey. Plus, I think uh, Tom's wrestling is very good. If he gets in the clinch, I think, like, the body locks will work for him. And he'll probably be able to own Sergey on the ground, I think. Like, I mean, they're just so, both so big. I think uh, Tom will be able to wear him down. And I mean, I, I kind of think Tom will probably win this fight wherever he wants to. He might uh, end up going just... Taking it down just to be safe, but I think Tom could strike with Sergey, avoid a slurry's counter, be defensively smart. So I'm leaning Tom. Uh, the only way Sergey wins this, I think, is if he gets lucky and catches him and sleeps him, or if Tom injures his leg or some shit like that. Don't, like don't that's think. how much I think the stylistic matchup favors Tom. <laughs> or if the moment gets to him, like. If, I, I, if, uh, I sorry, just jumping. I don't. I don't think he seems to get to Tom very much at all. He seems to just. Love soaking it in. It really, really yeah. does. So that's my thoughts. All right. So here's my thing. Um, we all know who the well, actual well-rounded fighter is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, my whole thing is: can he get out of the first round? Right. Neither of them are renowned for getting out of the first round, one way or the other. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> if I'm going to put money on it, I think Tom can get out of the first 
But at the same time, I'm thinking Tom's coming in short notice. Is the is the could it? The only thing that scares me about this fight is if Tom is coming in short notice. Here's here's the thing is, though. This fight has been booked before. Like I think no, no, he's no, trained no. for Sergey a bit in the past. Like short notice sucks, no. but I think he has trained a little bit for him. Yeah, I mean, but that's not my thing. My thing is if he's is he gonna think okay, if I can't take him down, is my are my hands in my defense good enough to stay in the first round? In which case I would say yes, but on a full camp. Is he gonna dive in almost like how Almeida was committed to doing for the um uh, Derek Lewis fight? Uh, no, was, no way, was, not at all. I was, I was gonna joke. Okay, we're not gonna see an Almeida uh, five rounds of laying on top of someone. Do not bet on this round, uh, this fight going five rounds. Dude, Tom can box, man. Like, I, I know, I know. My my whole thing is is that if he's because the issue is is we we see that he hasn't been tested on the ground since his debut against Overing. And that was a uh, Pavlovich that was A, sick, B, injured, and C, it was his debut fight in an area that he he probably wasn't, you know, ready for physically. Like, he, it was in China, I believe, at the time. Um, and it was a late-night card, pretty much hadn't adjusted to the timing, I'm imagining... I think there was a lot going against him at that moment. So I, the only guy who I can honestly think of that could have tested his grappling would have been Blades. And Blades decided to stand with him. And the one time he did try to test him, he went for a body lock instead of a, you know, a double leg takedown or a single leg or an inside trip. Nothing. And it was stuffed immediately. That body uh, lock, uh, the takedown attempt. I, I just feel, I fear. Tom committing to something that's not going to get him anything and in fact is going to be the detriment to his uh, fight. I At least I hope not. I'm trying to be optimistic and pick Tom, but there's a lot riding against him on this. Yeah, I mean, the, the heavyweight fights are always a coin flip, realistically. Uh, it can always go, let's say, one punch, end of fight, and that could, could come from either of them. They've both got knockout power, there's no doubt about that. No, I agreed. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm fearful of what happens if Tom game plan doesn't is a game plan doesn't work, considering it's a short notice. Yeah, but, but as Dave said, he has uh, prepared for him twice before, so he should know some. You know, they've had plenty of film on him. I presume uh, got some idea of what he does in a fight. Well, I mean, he he stuffs the takedown attempt. And then throws his hands, and he's actually not afraid of him getting hit either. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah, well, you know that that could work in Tom's favor. Depends how. Yeah. Well, you know, tested. Well, it's the it's the opposite of what Blades was looking at. Like Blades hit him. Yeah. He he just he just couldn't get hit back. Whereas I feel like his Tom has a better chin. Um. I well again, sh- <laughs> short notice changes how you want to look at this fight because. If it's a full camp, 100% Aspinall. Yeah, <laughs> like not even a question. But he's he's coming off of uh, uh, you know a very good win against um oh who was it the uh, Polish kid um uh Marcin Marcin Tybra yeah correct 
He did, yeah. Yeah, so he looked good. He looked good. Um, he looked superb in I, that fight. I, there's just a lot right on this for Tom, and I hope that he has the ability to show up. And I believe he can. I just don't want him to get overzealous because this is an interim title fight. Yeah. yeah well, interesting enough, I was thinking about it earlier. Um, let's say that, as far as I'm concerned, worst thing happens, Sergey wins. I think Tom would, Tom would only have to wait maybe three more opponents and then he'd, he'd have another crack at the uh, title. Because that would, I mean, let's say that, let's say Pavlovich equals Sergey's, uh, sorry, Stipe's record and defends the, the belt three times. That that just gives enough time for Tom to come back. And I think Tommy, that would give me a full, tech, a full camp. And I think Tom is a sure thing that he will be heavyweight champion one day if not this Saturday, which I hope it happens, but one day it's going to happen. Tom will wrap that belt around his waist. I don't think there's any doubt in that. I don't think there's very many people in the uh, heavyweight division who can beat him uh, or would beat him. I don't think Cyril Gann would beat Tom Aspinall. Um, I don't think um, our friend from uh, the weekend, Jailton Almeida, would uh, stand much chance against him. Uh, And he's already beaten most of the others. So yeah, the only one I think uh, is if it's a stand-up fight, gone possibly, and even then, gone showed limited offense in his last fight. Yeah, I, I don't think Tom would give him much chance to be honest. I think John, he'd do the same thing as John uh, Jones did to him, more very similar. I don't think he'd mess about. I could be wrong. He might no. try to uh, stand and bang a little while and uh, do the man dance, as uh, my favorite fighter always says. That's another thing. Um... I don't mean to take us off topic, but like, why, why wouldn't they look to a uh, gone in this aspect? If uh, we were looking for an, an alternative per- opponent, is it because gone didn't want to take the fight short notice, or is it because they didn't think gone was the I guy? Kind of, I kind of half wonder if it's from stuff I've said before, where I said that because uh, Gan came out and said he didn't really want to fight either of these guys. He didn't think, you know, he was number one contender. He didn't want to fight him. And I kind of think Dana's heard that and gone, right, screw you then. Uh, or, or, <laughs> or, or, or maybe they rang Gan up at five o'clock in the morning like they did Tom, and he said, no, I can't do the fight. But I, I get the feeling it was offered to Tom because it's the better fight. Um, probably more viewers uh, for Tom Aspinall than uh, you get for Gan, as a rough guess. I could be wrong on that, because I guess France is um, pretty into MMA at the moment. But yeah, I, uh, Gan kind of um, deserves what he's got, which is number one contender spot, but no interim title attempt. Um, Who do you uh, even give him at that point? Like, Because well, that's my other question, is that Stipe's not going to fight anybody besides John. And yep. I think that's the that's the stupidest thing. He could have had an opportunity at the title against a heavyweight that he arguably all he had to do was wrestle. Gan, if he got out of the first round, um, do the same thing he did to uh, Nganu when he first met him. You could do it. Tough yeah, boy. Gan wasn't on the table though, was he? The replacement for this fight was Sergey Pavlovich. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he could have. Stipe could have done the same thing he did to Nganu uh, to Pavlovich because we've only seen him on the ground against one specific fight. And even then, I, well, I, if we're looking at the fight, he's doing the same thing Nganu had been doing. He's just finishing people relatively quickly. 
and not giving us a whole lot of like other avenues of his game to see, right? And the only time that we did was against Overeem, and that was a questionable win for um, not Overeem specifically, but just there was a lot of aspects in there that were going against Pavlovich, and arguably if Pavlovich showed up in a different aspect of that fight, I think, you know, maybe healthy, he probably finishes Overeem at some point during that foul. Uh, but again, that's not the fight we got. That this is the thing that we're looking at now. I, Stipe could have won and arguably retired as a heavyweight champion. Didn't even probably need to defend it, but just showed that he can do it. Now he's been out over two years because he only wanted to fight one man, and that one man only wanted to fight because Ngannou wasn't champion or around. <laughs> yeah, quite possible. Yeah, so I, it's just it's a it's stupid. It's a clusterfuck. Now John is out and wanted to retire after he beat Stipe to begin with. And both of these guys were looking to retire after this fight anyways. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I don't think Stipe is, is... Like I said, Stipe is the same as Johnny. He just wants a, a legacy fight. Lots of money. I hate that. Not the fact that they want to get paid. I hate the fact that... Uh, the fact that, like, John... John literally... Okay, so here's my, my, my biggest gripe about this. John could have been doing what Almeida is doing currently. He proved that half... Like, He's Almeida is proving what John could have done. Show up as a light heavyweight who's not cutting weight and still beat bigger men. Handedly. Because he's the better athlete, he's the better fighter. He was the reigning defending light heavyweight champion pretty much throughout his entire career, even when there were other champions. Or other, you know, fighters who had who had the belt, essentially. I mean, look at light heavyweight now. I mean, we're talking about it uh, in a different aspect with the jury and, you know, Alex Pereira. Um, but still, it, John could have just literally moved up to heavyweight once. But he's also playing the whole, I don't need the money. Actually, he kind of does. Um, he was negotiating with the UFC on his pay. Dana White famously said, I want that. He says he wants that Deontay Wilder money, which was funny because Deontay Wilder wasn't even the number one heavyweight in the world at the time. Tyson Fury was. And Anthony Joshua was. Right? They, it, it's funny because it's like Dana White always said that John was like the greatest fighter in the UFC or the greatest fighter, period. Yep. And yeah, he complained when he wanted Dana, oh, you know, Deontay Wilder money. Like, okay, yeah. Because the greatest fighter in the world doesn't deserve that. I don't know. He's, he's not the greatest in pay-per-view numbers, uh, John. I was looking the other day. I think it's around about 700,000 is his uh, record numbers. Not a small amount, but no no million-dollar pay-per-views for Bones. No, but still, like, the UFC made $380 million after taxes, and they're looking to possibly, with the uh, Endeavor purchase of uh, WWE and now both of their companies, the UFC and WWE, being becoming TKO, possibly earning a billion after taxes, or close to five hundred million after taxes. Sorry, uh, and fees. Like they have the money to afford everything to pay these guys to actually want to fight. They just choose not to because their investors be upset by their earnings. Yeah. Plus, it's also the UFC's playbook to not pay fighters because it benefits them if they're all starving. I don't think there's many of the uh, top-ranked guys who are uh, starving, exactly. 
they might not be getting paid what they should be. But that's 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 yeah. Uh, Share, fair market value would be the thing. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't see the whole video, but I, I started watching the one with Nathan Wood, and he was talking about you know he can he fights for 60, 60, 60 so and he can fight three times a year. So you know that's potentially three hundred sixty thousand dollars a year. You're not going to earn that as a plumber. Um, so yeah, that's well, before taxes and gym fees. Hmm? Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing too. Before taxes and gym fees. Yeah, but he, I'm presumably trains in the UK. I don't, I don't think our prices are quite as high as uh, US prices. I'd guess anyway. No, you still have to go in if you fight in a foreign country, like uh, the guys who were coming from the US, um, or even like Canada, like from Canada, like Hakim Duwadu when he went over to Australia and came back, and it was, or I'm sorry, um, not Hakim Duwadu, it was uh, Mark D, uh, no, Mark D. No, the other one. Uh, he's a Canadian kickboxer. Um. I forget the name, but the fighter uh, basically said that he had like less, you know, than half of his money taken, or more of like left of his after after taxes. He had like less than half, like after gym fees and everything that he could walk away with. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, like, if you're not like a citizen, like some places charge like almost fifty percent in taxes. Yeah, and and even then, it's like you still have like your rent to pay. You have car bills. You know, if you have kids. If you fly like, out other a... teammates besides the two that the yeah. UFC covers. Yeah. Well, that's your choice, though. No one's forcing yeah. you to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but still, like, they can afford to pay these guys after the fact. No, but... Record nah, profits. What are you going to do? Yeah, no, the profits. God forbid this uh, well, guy how, can't how afford another yacht. profits if we just start giving money away? Like, come on, Austin. I, I, I know. God, you know what? You're right. You're right, Dave. I, the yachts come first. Record, record-breaking numbers are good for everyone. It's trickle-down economics. Like, you don't understand. <laughs> it's not yes. yachts. It's not yachts anymore, Austin. It's bulls. <laughs> That's Dana's latest That's fair. fashion, isn't it? I mean, it's to be fair. Riding bulls or buying bulls or even just Watching bowls is entertaining enough. I mean, man's got to have a hobby. <laughs> Power slap is not doing it anymore. <laughs> well, let's not get into bowl fighting. Like, there ain't nothing good about that shit. <laughs> bowl fighting, definitely not, no. No. Are we, are we ready to run on to the proper main event, then? The light heavyweight? Yeah, I think event? we've read out <laughs> subjects to talk about about the co -main. The casuals main event, we'll call it. Oh my God! <laughs> you can't for me, Dave. Yeah. So yeah, Yuri Prohaska versus Alex Pereira. I'm seeing Alex as the slight favourite, uh, but again, it's a razor close uh, decision. Um, yeah. Did... Oh, go on, go on, Dave. Please, please jump in. Well, I actually like Alex in this fight a lot. Um, you know, looking at his record, it's pretty crazy that he's only eight and two. And he's playing for his second title now. Um, yeah, that's like, pretty This kind of goes with the match in the co-main. Like, I think this is kind of a setup match for Alex almost. Like, Yuri, no. is dangerous as, <laughs> Yuri is dangerous as shit. But he is, like, the least defensively sound light heavyweight that I've ever seen. Like, 
he just puts his chin out there. He puts his hands down and he'll throw strikes from weird angles. And, uh, you know, he has like crazy range that he gets out of his unusual strikes and stuff. But he leaves himself open to get countered a lot. I mean, Glover was smashing on him. Like, old man Glover was smashing on him in the stand-up on occasion. Like, and uh, Diamond Agreus was smashing on him a bit in the stand-up. Like, he's got a hell of a chin, but he gets, he gets rocked a lot. And, uh, you know, Alex is a defensively sound, really good kickboxer. And, uh, oh, yeah. I mean... Unless Yuri catches almost some wild shit. I mean, the counters are there. He can get countered by a good orthodox fighter. Alex has got a hell of a left hook. Like, I don't know, man. If uh, Alex still has that power, like, I think it's going to be curtains for Yuri. TKO. KO. He's just moved up a weight category, so, yeah. Hopefully he's... Well, yeah, he like, did I'm, I'm really interested he... in seeing, like, their stare downs. Like, I really want to see what their size looks like when they're standing next to each other. Because... I think they're going to be relatively close. Like, I mean, what, what yeah, was the... Yeah, I wonder, rumor? like... Well, well he, it's weird. He, I actually he... looked at... Alex was listed as 6.3... Or 6.3 now. Like, he shrunk an inch, according to the UFC records. But, uh... Wasn't he, like, 6.4, 6.5? Yeah. Yeah, it... Dude's massive. Plus, he was cutting, if I remember correctly, he cut 40 pounds to make middleweight. Yeah, so I'm just really anxious to see, like, Yuri is a natural light heavyweight. He's been that weight class for a long time. Forget who it was. Was it you? Was it you that said it? That Jamal Hill cuts, like, from 240 to make light heavyweight? No, that was not me. I forget... I forget who it was. I think that it was. I thought that was an astronomical number. But like the fact that you know Yuri isn't the most careful of strikers. Because for me, I feel like this isn't a setup fight. I think they're just like, all right, well, who's the most uh, entertaining fighters that we have available right now? Well, that yeah, can fight like, for you know, the I, don't, I don't necessarily think that like the UFC is setting up Alex for a win. I just think that. Oh, you like, think it's a it's a perfect fight for. Yeah, just the way the styles play out, the way yeah. they match up. Yeah, I can I see think. that, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mean that. Like, No, I don't think the UFC thinks it's like that. Like, uh... Okay, yeah, well, it's, I think that might just work out better for them, too, because, A, everyone likes Alex Pereira. Yeah, he's, Otan he's, is... He has become very popular, a, hasn't he? Yeah. He's a fan favorite, I think. Yeah, uh, I, other I, than but, Jury, at least at this division. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like, this might be one of the most wild... Uh, title fights that I've seen as far as like characters like Yuri and Alex are both like kind of crazy MMA characters that are like very unusual and very unique. Yes. Yeah, and we got two of them. Brazilian Hunter. Yeah. It's a very <laughs> interesting to me. Well, like, I, I'm, like, I'm rooting let's... for Alex. I think Alex is going to win. I like the style matchup. Uh, but I mean, Yuri brings that power and he's very unorthodox, but uh, once again, defensively sound. It's going to be not defensively sound. I think there's much of a chance of Jury take, trying to take it to the ground. Test uh, Alex no. Chaplin. No. Going to be a stand- Maybe. No, no. Uh, yeah, I think there is a chance that he might try. Not but... a not a strong chance. It's more like an happenstance, like what he did to Glover. Like, oh, yeah. he's on the ground. <laughs> I should probably try something. <laughs> I was just curious. I didn't remember. believe it. He didn't believe in jujitsu before that, and then he decides, you know what? This looks like a perfect opportunity to try a rear naked choke. 
Jiu-jitsu doesn't Poor Glover. Jiu-jitsu doesn't work if you don't believe it in it, does it? No. <laughs> it almost, I mean, Jerry proved it, just like Derek Lewis did. <laughs> yeah, that almost never works out, but... <laughs> well, I, I, my whole thing is, is that if Alex Pereira shows up like he did uh, in the first, like, Adesanya fight, trying to kickbox a man who's unorthodox, I think he may lose. Like he's he's gotta he's gotta keep his composure, but just play the safe game. I think if he does what he did against um uh, Jan, just he's he's pawing from the outside, but he's not super committed to finishing it. Yeah, I don't think you need to rush in on this guy. I, he's yeah. very beatable. He's very beatable, but it, it's also light heavyweight. He's the more decorated striker by far in this division. Like that's yeah. not even a question. Like, and the only reason why he's got a better chance than Izzy did is because Izzy yeah, just yeah. didn't. Pre- yeah, well, he he didn't prepare for a light heavyweight fight. He I think Izzy weighed in at like one ninety five or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We already know Poton's gonna weigh in at almost like. On fight day, probably two twenty-five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not a small man. No, no. But, and the reason he wanted this fight was because it was so bloody hard cut into middleweight. Now, I mean, yeah, last, last two last two fights, I think it really hurt, really struggled. So he can now eat what he wants, I guess, and uh, have to trim very, you know, probably half the weight that he used to have to trim, almost. Yeah, I wonder if New York releases uh, numbers, like if they'll release like weigh-in day numbers or anything like that. Yeah, it's what not about... it's not fighter pay, so they'll release will wait. And I think them in California, and I think one more state does uh, the wait. Yeah, uh, one thing I want to point out in this fight that kind of interests me is like lately uh, Jerry's been using a lot of forward pressure in his nonsense, with, like his hands down, crazy style. Like he'll just kind of plod forward <laughs> fast and. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone's tried that with Alex and how he'll react if someone like brings that kind of pressure. Like, um, Sean. Yeah, for pressure. Sean, oh, that's a different style of pressure than not, what hand, really not hands down, obviously with Sean. I mean, it, I'm assuming it's it's the same because a Alex is pretty pretty accurate with strikes. He doesn't really waste time when he throws. He may hesitate when he's, you know, in combination. But when he throws, he's committed to the strike. Um, Jury jury won't be able to react well if he's on his ass. The minute he decides to walk into a combination, he's going down or gets hurt against the fence. He's not going to be able to kind of, oh, I'm going to throw a spinning crazy thing. The only reason why Alex got knocked out the first time or the second time against um, Adesanya because he kind of overcommitted and then left himself open. He doesn't usually do that. He's usually the kind of guy that's going to keep his composure. Even if he gets hurt, he's going to find a way to get out of it. And usually, to his benefit, he's going to just allow you to kind of throw your hands at him and possibly give himself an opening to kind of recover. And then even then, he can counter you because he has goddamn hands of stone. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lean Alex on this one just because I find too many holes in Jerry's game. Even if he does win. His beard is stupid now too. 
<laughs> well, his hair was always stupid. If you ask, yeah, him. but did you see what he did with his beard? It's all like <laughs> angular now and shit. It's like, well, yeah, it's he's got to stay quirky. Yeah. <laughs> let it, let oh, him yeah. have his hair. It's fine, <laughs> fine, it's fine, fine. It's not, fine. it's not gonna help him. It's not gonna help. It's not gonna help him. <laughs> hey, if old Mally can uh, paint his hair in clown colors, Jury can have his stupid beard and top knot. I guess. Oh, that's why he grew it out, like the sides. So it's more hair on the sides now, so it'll absorb more impact. <laughs> that's that <laughs> it's MMA 101. Yeah, if you have a beard, it creates a, it's additional protection. Put that Samurai cool. mentality. Pushing on your chin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm uh, going with Alex on this one as well. Um, that left hand... Um, and also, I kind of I've come around. I, I quite like uh, Alex. Uh, I think largely because of the entire Strickland affair, and not the fact that he knocked him <laughs> out, not the fact that he knocked him out, but the fact that uh, him and Glover invited Sean down to their gym and trained, and uh, obviously Sean got something out of it. I, th- I think that probably contributed to Sean's win against Izzy. Um, so yeah, uh, big quite a big fan of Alex at the moment. Uh, plus, uh, obviously, he had. Um, he's had Glover training him, and Glover just fought Yuri, so he must have a fair amount of insight on, you know, what the guys like in the cage. So that's yeah, inside information are always useful. Um, so yeah, hopefully Alex Pereira. I know it's it's another close fight, could go either way, but yeah, my pick will be Alex. You went for Alex. I think we've all three gone for Alex, haven't we? In fact, I yeah. Don't think yeah, I think we're. In fact, I don't think we've disagreed. Maybe have we disagreed on any fights? Yeah, I, I think picked Jessica pick, uh, Sergey Pavlovich. <laughs> you what? Have you just? No, I did it. I picked Aspinall. I don't say. Uh, I said Aspinall. Oh, oh you pick? Okay. Yeah, we all picked on that. Yeah, Everyone I said I'm. Sh- I'm hoping for him. I'm choosing him, but I'm also thinking. I, I'm also thinking that um, I think that uh, there's a lot going against Tom, but I'm going to pick him. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that went, was what I was saying. Yeah, we all went for Dern, didn't? Oh no, you went for Andrade, didn't? Did you go for Andrade? Yeah, that was the only one. Yeah, yeah I think I was separate on. Yeah. Oh no, no, we disagreed on Benoit Sandemi and Matt Frivola as well, didn't we? Did we? I thought I, would I pick picked Matt Frivola. Frivola. I, I went for Sandemi. I think. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> this is why we need a. This is why we need a. What do you call it? Like in court? Yes. <laughs> a, a minutes taker. Um, yes. So any, I guess we're pretty much done with the actual main event. Anything from the prelims or early prelims? Anyone wants to talk about? Um, like I think uh, Tabitha Ricci versus Lupita Gunez is a kind of a sneaky fun fight. I like Tabitha Ricci. Um. I don't think either of them are very good, but they do both have a fairly modern, somewhat complete MMA game, so I think that'll be a fun scrap. Uh, Roosevelt Roberts is coming back against this uh, Mateus Rebecca guy. He looks like a killer. Uh, Roosevelt Roberts was from the Contender Series. It was fun, and then he was on the most uh, recent Tough. And... Uh, I think they're bringing him in to lose to this guy, but he's sneaky talented for what his record suggests. And then uh, on the early prelims, um, Jordan Gordon is fighting uh, Mark Madsen on 
This Mark Madsen guy, he's an old Olympic wrestler, I guess. Yeah. He did pretty good in the Olympics. Uh, he's only got one loss. He lost his last fight to Grant Dawson, but like a lot of people just hate him. Uh, he must like do boring, grindy wrestling wins or some yeah, shit like that. Yeah, pretty much. I think he just is lay and pray kind of guy almost. Yeah, so those earlier two fights I think are like good, fun, sneaky bangers. And then I was just curious about uh, Mark Madsen. Hopefully, uh, Jared Gordon gets to win. I don't like those uh, grindy wrestler types if I'm not going to throw any punches or anything. Just look that's down. all I got from the card. Just look down and see Jamal Lemmers on there. That didn't E5. Pat Sabatini or Diego Lopez. One or the other. I'm sure I was looking back. Um, Slava Claus. Slava Claus is fighting. Uh, Yavishlav Borishev. Who is he? He's, um, I think he's a Russian kickboxer. Slava Claus? What's his real name? Yavishlav Borishev. Does he deliver Yavishlav? He's a he's a he's a nasty striker, uh, but not a very good grappler. Um, oh, he's seven and three, five nine. Mm-hmm. Slava Claus. That's what I, I believe the nickname was. Uh, it was just oh, he kind of looks like T.J. Dillashaw with chest hair. <laughs> if T.J. Dillashaw had a beard, <laughs> I think he does, and he's bald now too. That's dumb. That's so dumb. <laughs> but no, um, that's a fight that's worth watching just because, you know, either Slava Claus is going to come in, deliver a knockout, or he's uh, going to get, you know, in a, you know, a brawl, which is always fun to watch. Um, Tabitha Ricci, uh, she's actually from uh, the uh, Santa Cruz area, if I'm not mistaken. And Oh, um, she's from the uh, United States? Yeah, well, she's training in santa cruz and uh i think she's currently being sponsored by 805 a Mm. local brew company nice yeah so that's cool i like that and then um let's see uh i don't think uh dennis bazooka was the only only one Uh, that's the one that um uh danger was talking about because jamal emers is there all right I'd, I mean, Dennis Bazooka comes out of the same cap as Matt Frivola, so I kind of have a soft spot for those guys. You know, you know, Long Island represent and whatnot. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, anytime I can hear, you know, Matt Sarah's voice or, you know, that whole Long Island, New Yorker accent being shouted out at the top of the lungs, like, yeah, you know, nothing like, you know, <laughs> fucking Ray Longo talking to Chris Weidman when he fought Anderson Silva and saying, punch a hole through his fucking chest. Don't get careless out there. <laughs> so you really you know? like that accent, huh? It's, you know, it's the reason why I love talking to RC, but that's, he's from Boston. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, shout out to RC, that guy. It's been a minute since I've seen that dude around. <laughs> oh, also, uh, Uber, Uber is a giant fan. The Raiders beat the Giants. I'm sorry, Uber. <laughs> what about you? You got anything from the card, Danger Mouse? I haven't taken a great look at it, to be honest. Uh, I was mainly concentrating on the main card and getting this show together. So, um, But yeah, Tabitha Ricci, uh, Ricci versus Luffy Godinez. I quite enjoyed Luffy Godinez's last fight. Um, 
what was it against now? Um, uh, Elise Reed, wasn't it? Is it Elise? Um, I think. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Elise Reed's that. a scrapper. Is a ginger what? scrapper. She's oh, a yeah, ginger yeah. scrapper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do seem to remember enjoying that fight. So, uh, yeah, I guess that could be fun. Uh, and honestly, I don't know much about most of the others uh, without doing some research. As you said, Slava Claus, that name rings a bell. Um, although he's, he's not the favourite in the fight he's in. Uh, no. Azim Sadikov is. And if Roosevelt Roberts was on the Contender Series, I almost certainly saw him. Uh, but I don't remember much about him. <clears throat> he he was on the most recent um, Ultimate Fighter uh, season. All oh, right. I, I, yeah, he was a lightweight that they brought back. Like he was one of the uh, former UFC fighters who was on that. Yeah, because he had also been a, a in the UFC off of the Contender Series. Yeah, uh, came back in. Uh, well, mm-hmm. came in had a couple of good wins and then got you know knocked out and submitted a couple of times uh, recently uh, on his way out. Yeah, he's fun. He was good. Yeah, he's a good fighter. He's good and bad. He's almost yeah, like well, a new Michael Johnson. No, don't say that. <laughs> I'll say what I want. <laughs> no, he's twelve and four. He's not even close to that. Let it be. We need him to well, get to at least twenty. I he's he's I, give him a break. Give him There's a, break. a lot worse paths to be on than the path to Michael Johnson, Austin. I mean, you could say this, and yet you know Michael Johnson is literally a five hundred fighter. Yeah, but he's like one five hundred is the best lightweight in all the time. He does. He does hold the win over. I mean, he does hold the win over Tony Ferguson and uh, Dustin Poirier. Prime Dustin Poirier. Prime Tony. Yeah, all all their primes. Yeah, uh, and when he fought Khabib, he knocked him out for a fraction of a second on the stage. He he he. No, just cameras weren't fast enough. You need like 120 frames a second camera to pick it up because it was like a flash knockout, and he stumbled. And he fell down, if I remember right. And then he, no, he didn't. No, he, he got the submission. He in. charged forward. He charged forward, and he actually kept beating the shit out of Michael Johnson afterwards, as if he stole something from him. And then he kept telling him to give up because he was tired of actually hurting him so often that he ended up actually just grabbing no, his, you know, his shoulder. No, he was because he was rocked so hard from that punch. He didn't want anymore. He's like, just give yeah, up. Yeah, that's dude. why it you hurts. kept. That's why he kept beating him into submission, and then he ended up exactly, actually just because it working hurt. his he shoulder. He Dude, literally like was willing cheap. to take his shoulder. No, that's not, not like a that's man. Not how it happened. Not like a man, Khabib. What are you? <laughs> He's a champion. <laughs> was a champion. Undefeated champion. Was an undefeated champion. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would retire undefeated too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when the going got tough. That that makes, him, that tra- makes him li- the lineal lightweight champion, doesn't it? Actually, yes, Justin Gaethje is the lineal no, lightweight champion. Because those light kicks that almost finished him, like Khabib's like, I don't want any more of this Okay, sport Brian Campbell. Okay. <laughs> like he they said, I'm not sport after that. Oh my God. Is it not true? Like, did he not walk away from the sport after that? Is that, is that BC that? over there, Danger Mouse? I can't quite tell. <laughs> it doesn't sound like his accent, but, you know, he's talking the same shit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I'm just saying. Know, I do. I do think Khabib's legs were obviously bloody hurting from uh, uh, Gaethje blasting him with those kicks. I'm sure. Oh, he's, he I'm sure he didn't want to Gaethje take. Gaethje landed some solid punches anymore. too. 
Yeah, I'm sure. Well, he walked through those punches. He walked through the, the strikes, and then he, he also said Justin like Justin Gaethje was the hardest hitter that he ever fought. Yeah, because yeah. Justin Gaethje is a madman, and Khabib is like nearly unkillable. Like that man, mm-hmm. if you put him in a cage with the bear, he probably beats the bear. <laughs> yeah. Well, a trained small brown bear, maybe. I mean, it was a child then, so yes. <laughs> his, dad, his dad wasn't a complete madman. Come on now. That wasn't like a real bear. It was a bear. It was a real bear. A real bear, yeah. <laughs> but it it's wasn't a bear like a real bear. It was a bear. I don't understand what we're arguing about. It's a bear. Yeah. Did it have claws? Yes. You sure? <laughs> it had a muzzle. That's that's the only difference, is that it was a it was a it was an actual bear with a muzzle. Yeah, it was one of those wrestling bears from the shows that they used to do. Yeah, they still do that. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's Russia. That's what they do. They just—it's bears and people and Dagestanis, possibly Mongolian. You know, try that shit with the grizzly bear. I mean, uh, no, I think that's a past one for that one. Unless, unless you like your lungs on the outside of your body. Yeah. No. No, thank you. Those. I am not a salmon. <laughs> yeah. Those big boys don't play around. They just eat you no, while you're alive. <laughs> you ever seen the grizzly, the grizzly man documentary? No. I did. I remember it. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> Both of them in the tent at the same time. Just yeah, I just remember seeing the frying pan as he's trying to hit it. Oh my god, <laughs> it was just it was terrible to watch. I don't remember why I watched it either. <laughs> I think it's someone being eaten in a tent by a bear. Yeah, yes, he lived among the was... grizzlies, and they turned on him. Oh dear. Well, one did specifically. Yeah. He's probably talking shit. Stupid bears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how we got here. <laughs> they just wanted a picnic. So. I'll be honest. Yeah, I don't know, quite know how we got here. Is there anything else anyone wants to say? Anything about, I don't know, anything that's come up since sun, since we last talked, which was, what, two nights ago? Uh, Talia Santos was released. That seemed kind of unusual. I think she's coming off of uh, one loss. And, you know, she was competitive against Shevchenko, and then she like lost to Blanchfield. Oh, yeah. I thought she actually yeah, won too. that fight. She lost by Wallenstall, and uh, UFC released her. Yeah. No, you and know then, what it is? I think it's the contract dispute where she probably wanted more um, to resign, and they weren't willing to give her more. Yeah. That'd be the only reason why you would let a contender go like that. And you're wrong. Blanchfield clearly won that fight. Well, it's <laughs> not win fights. I thought we determined that in the Holly Holm uh, versus uh, Caitlin Vieira fight. I'm sorry. Blanchfield's better than Holly Holm. And obviously it doesn't work because same otherwise method. Blanchfield... Buena Silva proved it's, it doesn't work if you're Holly Holm anymore. That Aaron Blanchfield did news. more. Oh my God! <laughs> Buena Silva was removed from the UFC roster today, or the rankings today. No, some people are saying that's just because of the failed test, and they had to remove her from the rankings. But wouldn't they have already done that? Like, because she's been suspended for a while now, and then today Wins she the made fight. a video saying something about a second suspension or something. Like, do you guys know anything when about is, that? Well, no. So hold on. First, 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 first. Off. When is the fight booked with Raquel Pennington for the Bantamweight title? 
Um, it is booked for two ninety seven. Two ninety seven on January twentieth. Okay. So they're basically doing this now, so she can serve her suspension, and then come January when they no longer are with USADA, she's pretty much a okayed by whatever system they're going to use. Mm. That's my thinking and, on it. Yeah, it's interesting. She just released a video saying something about a uh, a second failed test a... or something. But for what? <laughs> No, I, th I think I think something might have been lost in translation. Like I think they just removed her from the rankings because of any year reasons, and then she released a video addressing it. But something was probably lost in translation. I would hope so because that means that she a either had something that she was actually supposed to be tested for and failed it, or b she just realized that oh, uh, I actually have to serve a suspension still. <laughs> I, I... I guess I have to be off the rankings. Yeah. Because that, that makes sense. Oh, um, I did want to ask you guys, is this a better co and main than what we had before with the John Jones uh, fight being removed with uh, Stipe not being on the card? It's definitely a better, yeah, I guess co-main now. What would have been the main, yeah? Tom versus Pam. Yeah, absolutely. Do we foresee... Jones fighting more Stipe. Well, that's going to be my other thing, is that do we foresee the Hen and Burrell situation? For who? The winner of this interim fight. No. What do you mean? Hen and Burrell became the interim champion because Dominic Cruz wasn't available to become the champion or defend his title against Burrell or even come back after the injury. That was the whole cadaver situation. Oh, you so, mean, does one of these eventually become the real uh, champion rather than the interim? Yeah, my point being is that neither Stipe nor John are going to want to fight anybody else, and I think that's fucking stupid. I think that's that's stupid. Like John could have already been a champion and defended the uh, title uh, three or four times, honestly, if he wanted to. Whereas Stipe has already defended the title so many times, he's already set the record for three heavyweight title defenses, right? Yeah, he's already he was if. He already reclaimed the title after he lost to Daniel and then defended it against him again. If he lost to Nganu and Nganu left the division and Stipe never fought anybody else. Like, if Stipe had a win at any point in this whole time waiting out, now he's probably not going to even fight the rest of the year and probably... I, I, that's my whole thinking is that he should probably get a fight with Gan and then just retire. Just retire. Just retire. Beat God. God is a winnable fight. fight for him. Because what's what? If yeah. he can't get the legacy fight, what is the point? Well, then he won't fight. Then he won't fight. Just retire. He doesn't. I don't think he particularly needs the money. He just wants. Yeah. To okay, so then he should just retire. Uh, he wants. I guess he wants to fight with Jones. It's a chance to take down I, a, it, another legend. It, um, if he beats him, I don't think that fight would be for the title. That's what they're. That's what Dana is implying is that when they come back and John does come back, this interim title means nothing. Then apparently, yeah, essentially, yeah. I, I dare that's say stupid. whoever wins, <laughs> whoever wins the interim will get to fight whoever wins Jones versus Stipe, which of course won't be either of them because both of them will retire afterwards. So then I guess whoever is the interim champ. We'll have to fight somebody else. Maybe Cyril Gann will finally get his shot. 
I hope I hope that John does come back before Stipe retires, just so I can see both of them lose to both of these guys. <laughs> that would be my my dream scenario. So that way, the lineal heavyweight championship at least has a chance of continuing with Gon. I'm sorry, Ganyu comes back to MMA, and then somehow we get some kind of like dumb fight or whatever that unifies the titles or some stupid shit with you know the PFL and the UFC once the UFC you know uh, never as far as season but that's yeah, that's, that's yeah, not the, the PFL yeah. are going to cross promo for your title yeah yeah, yeah. if I, that ever happens I can't see France, but that's probably no I can't see Francis ever coming back to the UFC no 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 not after he was successful with Fury especially uh, yeah that's true he's like no no I'm good <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, just just a bit too much salt in Dana's wound from that one, I think. Oh, that does bring up one point that I want to mention. Uh, Yuri did say that he's getting uh, championship pay and pay-per-view points for this fight, and that Jamal Hill is getting the same thing when he comes back. I think uh, that was contested before, whether or not he'd get champ and pay-per-view points, and uh, he confirmed that he is. Yeah, that's fair enough. He gave up the belt voluntarily, didn't they? So. Yeah. He should come yeah. back. And he's fighting for the belt again. Yeah, give him his pay for viewpoints. That's pretty fair. I would hope so. I mean, otherwise, what the hell are we doing here? Well, I think we we argued that before. Yeah. <laughs> that's all also, it's interesting. Well, I was gonna say it's interesting that um, you know, Jury only has four fights his UFC career, including this. This is his fourth fight, right? I believe but it he is. Yeah, have four fights. This is his fourth fight, I think. Right? Yeah, he went two and zero into the title fight with Glover. Won the title, wasn't able to defend it, and now is it getting another chance to fight yeah, for the title? Fourth fight. Pretty crazy. And it's uh, he has the pay per view points. <laughs> <laughs> Lineal light heavyweight champion currently. <laughs> we have two super uh, super short UFC careers there, then, don't we? Really. Alex yeah. hasn't got very many fights. Jury's got virtually no fights. I mean, one of them actually has an MMA career, though. So, <laughs> yeah, because even Alex had to get three wins to get to the title, and then yeah. um, lost it, or oh, actually won. But that yeah. was a four-fight win streak, and then lost yep. it uh, to Israel right after that, and then now picks up another win against uh, a former champion, Jan Blackowitz, and if he beats. If another former champion, he would have already beaten three champions inside the UFC. It is, I want to say, what is a fifth or sixth fight in the promotion? <laughs> yeah, but it's also light heavyweight because it's ridiculous. I mean, light heavyweight is shallow, and you yeah, know, it's either it's not the best. You know, it's for the minute. Yeah, yeah, middleweight is deeper. That just that says a lot. Middleweight is for looking fun at the moment. That's well, it's just because you're a fan of Sean. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I still want to see him versus Bobby Knuckles, but that's neither here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be yeah. fun. That's what. That's one for the for the draft uh, show. See if you can get, <laughs> yeah. if you can get that on. Damn it! Thing. I showed my hand. There might be a fight over one, one or both of those fighters. We'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll have to arrange that. We shall see. <laughs> a- any other news? 
Nope. Not for me. No. Oh, um, trial date for the uh, lawsuit, I think, has been set. Oh, yeah. I don't care. No, I, I haven't paid no. any. It's, it's going to take years before it's settled. I think Luke was talking about it. Saying like, well, I mean, we thought it was going to take years to get to this point yeah. for them to go oh, to trial. I don't care. Other than that, I don't think there's anything new. Um, oh, wait. Another, was it there another title fight or no? They announced three title fights uh, yes. yesterday, I think. 296, 297, or 297, 298, 296, something like that. Probably leave those for another day unless you want to do a very quick one. But No, no. Well, that's it for our preview of UFC 295. We'll be back with our review of the fights on episode 11 of Just Bleed Radio, and we'll see just how bad our picks were. Uh, until then, don't forget to like and subscribe, and it's goodbye from Austin, Dave, and myself, Danger Mouse. Goodbye. Bye. Later. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Austin. Bye, Dave, you <laughs> son of a bitch. I don't care about the goddamn lawsuit. Like, God, damn, God I, mean, I just, care. It's not that hard to talk I, about it. We talked about it last time. It's yeah, like, you just didn't want to talk about it again. Yeah, I mean, the guy did. Well, oh, my God. You make it sound like it's fucking torture. <laughs> it is torture. Chinese water got tortured. No, it's not. It's really not. You're just overreacting. It's fine. You know what you did? <laughs>